Hi, this is Mark Graben. I'm a senior advisor with Kinexus, and I'd like to welcome you to today's webinar titled Pets and Vets, Applying Lean in Unexpected Places. And I'm very happy to be joined today by uh, our presenter, a friend of mine here from uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Chip Ponsford. Dr. Ponsford, who graduated from Texas A&M in uh, 1980, owned a small animal hospital in El Paso for 27 years. He spent five years with a national corporate practice as chief of staff and was a top 20 producer. For several years, Dr. Ponsford has studied the Toyota system or lean and how it might be applied to veterinary medicine. Uh, Chip and I have uh, collaborated on uh, some articles on lean and veterinary medicine. We've spoken at the 2016 Texas Veterinary Medicine Association Convention. Uh, Dr. Ponsford has started the only blog we, uh, dedicated to lean and veterinary medicine at www.leanvets.com. And he currently lives and works in the Dallas area. And I'm really excited that Chip is gonna be talking about some of the current state of lean and veterinary medicine and some of the promise that's still ahead. So before handing things um, off to Chip, you know, I've really enjoyed getting to know him the last couple of years, um, his, his questions and his learning and, and, and you know, his diligence about uh, exploring lean in healthcare. Yeah, I, got, uh, I had a chance to visit and observe in his practice once and um, allergies aside, I, I enjoyed it and learned a lot. Now, when I first got involved in healthcare in 2005, everybody would say things like, lean doesn't apply to us. We build cars, you know, we're different. And people still say that in healthcare and hospitals, but lean applies anyway. Now, about two years ago, I had a chance to spend a week doing an assessment at a university medical center where they're teaching and training uh, veterinarians. And this was in what they called their large animal clinic. So as you see pictured here, horses and cows and pigs and llamas. And when uh, you know people working there heard about my background in healthcare, they said, again, we're different. So if you go to the next slide though. So when I was there for the week, I heard the phrase human healthcare for the first time. You know, I, I thought I'd always just called it healthcare as many of us in the audience had probably done. But I think it goes to show how different people view the same thing through different lenses. You know, we call what CHIP does veterinary medicine. And I learned that some in veterinary medicine refer to what they do as multi-species medicine, which is uh, also kind of a, an eye-opening um, phrase for me. So think about the complexity and the differences. People in human healthcare will often say, every patient is unique but we're all the same species. So there's more variation in veterinary medicine as Chip is gonna talk about today. So, you know, final thought, the beauty of lean is that it's not a system for building cars. It's a set of methods, a management system, it's a philosophy, it's an integrated system and a culture that can be applied in so many different settings as we've heard from different Kinexus webinar presenters who are working in the realms of uh, government, finance, law firms, healthcare, manufacturing, um, lean is lean. So with that, I will turn things over to Chip. Thank you very much, Mark. Um, welcome to everybody. I hope uh, this uh, turns out to be informative and uh, uh, we can have uh, some uh, good questions at the end. I'm, I'm counting on lots of questions at the end. Um, one of the first things I, I was ever taught by Mark uh, was Ono's uh, concept of start from need. Um, and uh, one of the things that, I th that I'm going to try and, and show you in this webinar is kind of where we're at uh, in, in veterinary medicine uh, and economically and, and practice-wise and stuff like that. And um, that uh, I hope I can demonstrate that, that we have we do have a need. This slide also uh, is important to me, um, as Mark often is reminding me, that we have to we have to pull, and that's been very frustrating so far uh, for me in in this area. Um, there there just isn't enough information out there about lean uh, to where there are people who are asking for it. So that's been the real the real uh, dilemma and, the, and the, uh, the difficulty is getting the information out 
um, so that uh, people can have uh, an understanding of what's going on. So the current state, where are we at right now? Um, these slides are from uh, the, the TVMA um, <clears throat> presentation that Mark and I gave a couple years ago. Um, the information is a little bit old, but I think it's still um, valid. Um, compensation for veterinarians is, is, is going down. Um, the, uh, and expenses for young veterinarians are so much higher than they were for me. Uh, I, can re I, th I think I went through all of college, all, all of college and veterinary school, lived in, a, in an apartment and, and paid room and board for about a total of about $50,000. Now these, uh, these young students, these young veterinarians are coming out with hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in, in debt. And that, that, as we'll see, will impacts what they're able to do as far as practice. So in terms of, uh, you know, we're, we're just behind. We're behind in, 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 um, in our income. When I first started out and in, in opened my own practice, the business side of veterinary medicine was just starting to, to, to take hold. The idea that veterinary medicine was a business um, was brand new. And at that time, the emphasis was on marketing veterinary medicine as a legitimate uh, profession and that veterinarians deserve to earn uh, a similar income to other professionals. You know, when we go through veterinary uh, medicine and, and we go through our schooling, I had to take the same, all of us had to take the same exact classes in order to apply and get into veterinary school. As, we, as I would have if I wanted to go into medical school. Yet in Texas, there are at least five or six or more medical schools to apply to. Uh, there's only one veterinary school in Texas, and they only take 144. So the competition is, is very high. And the idea was that we deserved to be compensated for our, our, our work and our knowledge and our skills. What has happened though, I think, and I'll, I'll talk about it later, is that um, maybe we've swung too far to one side. Um, the economy is improving right now. Back when we gave this thing, we were just coming out of the recession. Um, and so one of the things that lean organizations do when, when times are slow uh, is they get leaner. They educate their, their staff. They go through their value streams and reevaluate uh, and maybe get into a system of cross-training and stuff like that so that when the good times do come back, they're up and ready and, and even more competitive uh, than they were before, and not just sit around and moan and groan and, and ask why. One of the things that, <clears throat> um, that we have in, in veterinary medicine um, that has uh, come up over the last several years, and, and it's getting worse and worse, actually, uh, is this concept of Dr. Google. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, on the human side they have this. I'm sure they do. They do. I, I've seen you know, uh, WebMD and all sorts of sites. Uh, so... We're finding out that um, a lot of pet owners now um, are going to the internet to get their information. 39% um, of pet owners uh, report looking online first before they talk to a veterinarian, and 15% report relying less on their veterinarian. And the problem is, if, if the clinical, uh, clinical signs of the problem with that pet resolve in a day or two, Veterinarians are not seeing those pets at all anymore. Um, and as I alluded to, uh, the sticker shock, uh, we've, we've kind of, I think, have, have been our own uh, worst enemies. Uh, it, 
just increasing our income and, and professionalism and, and stuff, and hopefully giving value back at the same time, um, has created a, a void, and I'll talk about uh, this, like I said, in, in just a little bit. But 26% of the, the veterinarians from the Bayer Veterinary Care Usage Study uh, a couple of years ago uh, would switch at veterinarians if it was less expensive. So the loyalty is not to the practice. The loyalty is to the to the the price. Um, one of the two lowest scores that practices received was value for service. Well, if there's anything that lean is about, it's about giving value to the to the customer. Um, I, in a benchmark. Um, the benchmark reported in 2013 in this, this one article by uh, Mark Opperman. Mark Opperman is a, um, a, a long-time uh, practice consultant. He was one of the first uh, in, the, in the area back then when, when we were trying to get veterinarians to think about practice as not just a, a, a medical office but as a business. Um, and he, he said that the benchmark for retained clients is 60% at 18 months. And I thought that was pretty low. Um, you know, if that's what we're shooting for, then that's not a good thing. Uh, we ought to be shooting for, you know, 100%. We ought to be um, looking for, we should be looking for 100%, um, you know, strive, strive for uh, perfection and, and uh, find excellence. There's also been quite a bit of uh, veterinary medicine has changed uh, quite a bit uh, since I started. Um, when I when I got out, there was very little um, specialty practice. If you wanted to be a, a board certified specialist in veterinary medicine, you were basically uh, committing yourself to academia. Uh, but that's not the case anymore. Um, now we've got emergency clinics with board certified emergency and critical care veterinarians. We've got uh, multidiscipline, large referral hospitals that have veterinary neurologists, veterinary ophthalmologists, veterinary surgeons, veterinary uh, internal medicine, uh, just about any kind of specialty that you can think of in, in, in um, human medicine. We now have board-certified specialists, and they have been um, uh, coming together now and, and uh making uh, or building these uh, very large, uh, sophisticated, uh, small, small animal referral centers. And I, I welcome that. I mean, that's, that's been great for the profession. But the other things that have happened, because uh, the price and, and everything else, uh, is that we've seen a, a, a lot of uh, low-cost spay and neuter clinics. Spays and neuters are, are one or used to be anyway one of the bread and butter services for for veterinarians and that uh, has been taken away by um, practices that that uh, want to specialize in that and, and can do um, high volume uh, uh, at low cost uh, low cost vaccination clinics the same reason uh, you can see almost i think in any city now um, parked outside of a uh, pet store or just in a mall, um, these vans that are willing to, you know, do vaccinations only. They won't talk to you about sick animals. They won't help you with your problems. They won't do any, um, help with any, you know, can't do surgery or, or do dispense medicine. Um, but they'll, they'll give, you know, two injections and, or two or three injections and, and send you on the way and, and charge a, um, a less fee. Um, Clinics and hospitals located within pet stores. Uh, Banfield um, was kind of the first. Uh, now uh, Petco has entered into an agreement with uh, a corporation to put uh, pet stores or veterinary hospitals in, into their pet stores. And uh, there's even some word now of Walmart um, wanting to get into the, into the business. <coughs> So that's kind of where we are on a, on a uh, systems or a, a profession basis. One of the other things that's, that's kind of affected is the, the 
population of veterinarians. When I got into veterinary school, um, there was probably about 60% males and 40% females. And, and that was, was changing. I mean, several years before that, it was, you know, traditionally veterinary medicine has been mostly a, a male uh, profession. But now it's almost 95% female. And I'm not saying that's good or I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that it, it has affected the way veterinary medicine um, can, can be run. Um, they, as females, they typically, and I'm not trying to stereotype or anything like that, but what we found in, in trying to hire people uh, for practices that I've been involved with is that um, the females want to have uh, a more balance of life. And that's kind of the, the millennial um, mindset. And that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. Uh, we all need to have probably a better balance of what we do. I know that my career would have been a lot easier if I'd uh, you know, been better at balancing um, my life. So, but that's really become a, a big part of what new graduates are, are wanting. They want to be able to have family. They want to be able to, you know, to to to, to bring children and, and and raise them and stuff like that. But it's hard to do that and work full time in a veterinary practice. And like I mentioned before, the school debt, uh, the amount of debt that these people that these new students are, are coming out with almost completely precludes them from being able to afford um, their own practice. So they don't typically want to own. Um, the other thing about millennials is that uh, they don't want to do what, what their parents did, and that's uh, uh, not have that balance between um, home life and, and career. They are, um, the females also, for whatever reason, are not um, not as comfortable doing surgeries for the most part uh, as uh, the males uh, are or were. Um, and they're much more tech oriented. They want, uh, they want the, um, all the, uh, the the big items, the the digital X-ray, the ultrasound, the uh, laser surgery, the this that you know that sort of thing. Uh, if you could have seen my, the practice that I I opened up when I first opened up, uh, it it would look like uh, the Stone Age um, at this point. Yet it was functional, and I think we're going to have to go back uh, to at least some of that that model to to get us where we need to be. At any rate, um, <clears throat> a little bit about uh, the practitioners now. This is a, a, um, it's a fictional story um, inspired by actual events. Um, any similarity, this caveat, any similarity to actual persons, living or deceased, or my current employer is completely coincidental. Now, having said that, this is just a, a, a conglomerate of a, of a typical veterinary practitioner now, I think, uh, graduated uh, several years ago, uh, has owned uh, a small animal hospital in a growing suburban area for the last 10 years, has, uh, a, you know, a couple of full-time vets and some, some help. Um, he's got a freestanding uh, hospital. In other words, it's not uh, uh, in a um, um, strip center or something like that, which is uh, a lot more, depending on where you uh, are, is a lot more common. Um, and it's uh, what we would, what I would call typically furnished and equipped. It's got all the the necessary things to do a reasonable job at at uh, seeing sick animals and, and performing um, the the necessary surgeries. Um, he's progressive and he's quality medicine oriented. Uh, he's got all the 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 new social media presence that uh, seems to be necessary these days. Um, his fees are above average for the area, but not, uh, but he's, uh, and so he's not comfortable raising them at this time. Uh, expenses continue to rise, however. Uh, the practice is growing, but leveling off as business does, uh, especially if you're not uh, continually improving and continually innovating. Uh, returning clients may be slightly down. Uh, management, uh, in other words, he is becoming more frustrating, 
and it's starting to affect his physical and emotional health. Um, one of the things that you may be surprised to hear is that of all the professions, um, veterinary medicine has the highest suicide rate. And there's lots of uh, uh, possible reasons for that. Um, but um, that's, uh, that's kind of a, a fact. Um, recurring staff and client issues, um, which is always a part of any kind of small business. And um, um, friendly staff, but uh, uh, co compared to some of his other staff or other practices around, he's, he's, he's got higher than, than normal turnover. Um, he has difficulty getting his staff engaged to take the initiative and to be more self-motivated. Training new, new employees seems to be more difficult than it should be. Um, uh, communication between doctors and staff is difficult. Um, we just don't see, seem to be on the same page, he says. Wonders if there's some new paradigm that will help solve problems, improve systems and culture now and into the future. And of course, <clears throat> my position is yes. I'm, I'm, we're right here. We've been trying to explain all this that yes, we've got a system and it's called Lean, and Lean will, will help um, and, and fix all of that that you've got going on right now. Plus, it's a system to get you into the future, even if the future changes. This is a slide uh, from an economic survey that was published in uh, AVMA. Um, the, the AVMA has economic summits every once in a while. And this was just kind of a review of what's said. It's not important necessarily that you know who these people are. Um, but it was interesting to me that uh, they're identifying all these problems and, and I can't seem to get um, any kind of voice to, into the, the profession to be able to at least look at lean as a possible solution. Um, you know, 20% of the practices um, had sources of revenue similar to those practices uh, and collectively. And, and charge similar prices. The difference was in expense management, resource utilization. Uh, Dr. Karen Felstein, a veterinarian and practice manager, she's an MBA, um, uh, said uh, that veterinarians need leadership, management, financial, and communication skills. Many resources are available, but veterinarians are still struggling. Well, let's let's take a look at, at Lean. Lean's a, a system. It's a standard standardized work. It's teachable. It's learnable. Um, and it's a, it's a complete system. Uh, opportunities in such areas as devising new business models, leveraging technology, providing access at convenient times, and consolidating capital expenditures among groups of veterinarians. Well, these are the kind of problems that Lean is made for. Uh, the objective scientific uh, pursuit of, of, of answers, experimentation, um, reflection, and, and making what changes need to be changed. Um, in uh, the AVM, uh, American Animal Hospital Association survey, 53% of the respondents who raised prices did so because costs have risen. And he asks, can services be provided at a lower cost? I saw um, uh, a gentleman named Mitch Albert. He was a, uh, he's an econo uh, economist um, and statistician and stuff. He, he made a comment about raising prices in a, an article that I read in, in one of the economic journals for veterinary medicine. And his position was that if inflation is 3% or less, you have no right to increase fees, that you need to be finding ways to reduce uh, expenses at that rate. Um, Michael Dix is, was the head of the uh, economic um, committee for the AVMA. Uh, I had a, a brief inter, um, conversation with him on, on emails. Um, he likes the idea, the Kaizen uh, idea, and the idea of starting from need. He says the difference between need and what is actually happening is all blue ocean and is a five-fold greater space than what is currently occurring. Well, AHA puts out um, a, a training session uh, to teach. Uh, it's a veterinary practice institute that teaches uh, veterinarians uh, and their staff to um, how, how to run a practice. When I was in school, we didn't get a lot of practice management. We got uh, uh, about an hour uh, 
twice or something like that. So we all kind of went out and uh, in the dark and just kind of did it as we saw it. Now there's more, there's more available. Um, but we're not, we're not seeing the, 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 the bigger picture. Um, none of these, AVMA's got a, uh, has started a new uh, training thing for practice management. Um, and both of these are the traditional ways of, of practicing. The, the veterinarian, you know, um, is the leader and he's the one that does everything. And, and um, it's still very much, um, you know, command and control. The idea of involving staff in decisions is just not not around. When I first came out, one of the big uh, things that that practice management was was trying to do was to get veterinarians to just delegate uh, daily services and stuff like running a fecal or pulling blood from a from an animal or taking the X-ray uh, from doing that themselves and actually trusting. Uh, the techs uh, to be able to do those things. Um, and we've made very big progress. And that's one of the things that, that has helped veterinary medicine um, tremendously is this reliance on, on good, qualified, trained, skilled staff, but then giving them the trust and the responsibility and the environment um, that they can do their job. So I've talked about uh, this kind of blue ocean uh, type thing, blue ocean, red ocean, um, from the book. Uh, uh, and what I, what I have seen in, in my career, at least from my perspective, is that we have, uh, as veterinary uh, profession, we have been chasing um, the upper economic levels of our clients. Um, so that now uh, we're all trying to uh, market and, and service and, and attract and keep um, you know, the, the top 25 or, or so percent of, of, um, of clientele ec uh, economically uh, and income-based. Well, that has left a, a complete void. And what used to be the red ocean, where we had a, a few fish and we were all uh, doing pretty well, now we've concentrated ourselves into the top and there's a, just a big feeding frenzy. So what used to be our our red ocean down at the bottom is, is now uh, becoming more blue as veterinary medicine is, is being attracted to doing a higher level of medicine. And, and it's not a bad thing necessarily, but um, we have left behind a good portion of uh, the clientele, I think. And then the blue ocean is the new innovative and creative things. And that's something that needs to occur both in the, the red ocean and, and in the old ocean. Um, we, need, we need creativity and innovation and, and uh, 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 new approaches uh, all along the profession. But, um, and, and so lean in veterinary medicine is, is still extremely embryonic. <clears throat> it, um, but it is starting to be talked about. Um, uh, this is uh, uh, a blog from, from, from Mark's uh, Lean blog talking about um, uh, the early days of Lean Veterinary Medicine when he and I first uh, got together um, and uh, some of the, the, the articles that he and I wrote uh, to publish in, the, um, in a veterinary journal, an economic management journal for veterinary medicine. Um, one of the things that I was very disappointed about um, in, in my experience in dealing with the, the media and the, and the journals and stuff was uh, we sent them quite a bit of uh, information and uh, which I felt was necessary to completely understand lean and it got uh, uh, chopped up quite a bit and uh, almost meaningless by the time it was published. So I have not uh, published anything more in the um, in the uh, in the journals, um, I may do that again for for a different magazine. But um, I guess now I know a little better, and I'll write it 
better for them. But these were some of the, the articles that we were trying to get some information out there and, and at least get the word lean out to veterinarians and, and have them uh, start thinking about uh, what, the, what the possibilities of that meant. Then in, um, a couple of years ago, uh, we got together and, and we're actually able to give, um, get a, a position for uh, the TVMA convention uh, in San Marcos, Texas. Uh, we were given two and a half hours and, and I was thrilled to have two and a half hours to go before veterinarians and state our case and uh, um, and what I found out was that two and a half hours is not enough time. Um, I think that one of the problems, um, and we'll talk about this as we get along here and some of the other people that are doing this, is what I have seen is, is that um, lean is being implemented on a tools basis. And it just, when, when, it, when the system doesn't work because you're only using one or two quote unquote tools from the lean arsenal um, that you, you miss the point and it's, it's just not gonna work. And so my fear is that by going out and talking um, for just small amounts of time, yes, it might get uh, lean um, recognized and stuff like that, but I, want, I don't want people to think um, that lean is, is just 5S or or um, you know, reorganizing um, a particular area or something like that. I want them to, to, to get all the information and to know that this is a system. This is a standardized work um, and that it's a mindset. It's a culture that you need to develop. And without all that, it's just not gonna work. And if it doesn't work, I don't think that veterinary medicine will give lean a second chance. <clears throat> Excuse me. So one of the things that, um, uh, like I said, we're, we're starting to see more. <clears throat> here's a uh, here's just some uh, some information that I've picked up over the years about people talking, uh, veterinarians talking and trying to introduce the idea of lean. Um, this uh, is uh, from a a um, convention uh, that they were going to be talking uh, uh, about lean um, and. Uh, you can see that it, it, it lasted all of one hour. Um, so it makes you wonder what they talk about. And, and usually what these people are talking about is, like I said, they're, they're, they're talking about uh, value stream maps um, or uh, our 5S uh, organization, and, and that then is, is lean. And that's, that's just not going to uh, cut it. Um, here's a, uh, we get these benchmarks um, of these books that you can buy, they're fairly expensive from $260 or $275 uh, to be able to, to get these surveys that are come out every year. Um, and um, this is from the 19, uh, or 2015 study of well-managed practices. And it caught my eye that here in chapter three, you can see um, is a talk about um, lean. Now I didn't buy the benchmarks for well-managed practices um, back then, but um, uh, I can only imagine what uh, uh, a small subtitle uh, in a chapter uh, could actually do for um, teaching lean. We are seeing lean. Um, it is starting to, to, to get uh, find a place in veterinary medicine so far. Uh, at least here in the, in, in the United States, um, it has been um, the veterinary hospitals. And there have been several um, that have done this. Cornell has um, done some, some, lean, some lean work and, and been very successful with it. Um, the North Carolina Vet College um, got uh, into lean. Uh, there, uh, the uh, hospital manager there was uh, uh, a, a lady named um, uh, Samantha Perrette, and um, she was able to convince them after several years of having problems between getting the, the anesthesia department 
and the surgeries department um, aligned. The, veterin the veterinary surgeons were having to stay too long. They weren't getting the, the work accomplished on, on a reasonable time so everybody could go home. And after nine or 10 years of, of trying to figure this out, she finally convinced them to, uh, to try lean. They got everybody together, went to the Gimba, went to the site and did a, a value stream map and saw where there were breakdowns in communication, where uh, maybe uh, one, uh, one department didn't realize what was going on in another department. And so we're able to, to, to put the pieces to back together in a, in, a better, in a better flow. And as a consequence, they were able to increase their, in, in just one, one iteration, just one trial, they were able to increase their um, uh, surgeries during the day by 36%, uh, and that was tremendous uh, for them. So it does work. Um, it's been interesting to me that um, that the veterinary hosp the veterinary hospitals at the universities, the teaching hospitals, vet schools, um, are getting in this uh, more than than small animal practice. But I think it's because they are, of course, more similar to human healthcare than, um, than, than uh, a typical veterinary practice. Um, they, they have got departments, they've got you know, anesthesia departments, they've got um, surgery departments, they've got internal medicine departments, they've got radiology departments, they've got oncology departments. So there are silos there that, that uh, probably are not speaking as, uh, together as well as they should. That's not necessarily the case in a small animal practice where there's two or three veterinarians um, and uh, we're on the floor uh, all the time. Um, the silo problem is not the problem in small animal medicine. The, the problem in small animal medicine practice right now that I see is um, getting staff involved, utilizing them, recognize them as an asset, and by doing that, getting them uh, more engaged in the practice um, the idea of Kaizen of continually improving um, because everybody's got ideas and everybody has got um, uh, ways of, of, you know, seeing things and fixing things. And the, the looking at, uh, at value streams and, and trying to eliminate waste. Um, I think the idea of, of Kanban's, of, of resource utilization, uh, has got some definite uh, purpose in, in places that they can be used in, in small animal medicine. But for right now, it seems to be the, the, the veterinary hospitals, and I, and I think that's why. Um, this is from uh, a, an email that I had from, that I got from uh, uh, Auburn University. They have been doing a, um, uh, uh, a lean uh, experiment. Um, they got everybody together, um, staff, and, and, and what they decided was that they were having problems with client communication. Um, and uh, so they put together um, uh, a system and um, uh, they focused on um, uh, the dis discharge process that people were getting all the information they need to take care of their animals at home, to know what was going on and how to, uh, you know, what to look for if they were having problems. And so they put together um, uh, this lean initiative to do that. And so far, um, it's been doing very well. Um, so uh, they started uh, cross-training, um, they're using more visual um, communication, and they're getting more employee involvement and engagement in, in identifying the problems, fixing the problems, and therefore um, feeling a part of the, of the practice. Um, I just recently found out that um, uh, I'm not the I'm not the only uh, veterinary lean uh, website anymore. Uh, so I'm just going to have to uh, tout that I was the first. Um, but um, it's also trying to, to get started in the United Kingdom. Um, Christian Bamber, I think he's uh, probably listening to us right now. Um, has started that, and what the interesting thing uh, was from the email that I I, I got from him is that it, I, I told him I could have sent sent back 
your email to you uh, to explain what is going on in the United States. And all I would have to do is change US for UK. We're having the same exact problems. It's very early over there. 99.9% .9 of the people don't know about it. Um, veterinarians tend to be closed off to new ideas. We're very um, independent and we think we know everything. Um, the corporate structure coming in and um, not being very amenable to doing things other than the way they want them done. Um, they're not very open to uh, new ideas and, and um, uh, people that want to kind of uh, upset the, the system. Um, he talks about uh, organizers and publishers uh, not being able to get a, a chance to speak at, at any of, the, any of the, the conventions and stuff because they just don't understand it and they won't take the time to learn about it. Um, so I thought it was very uh, 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 interesting that uh, uh, what he was reporting back to me is exactly the same things that we're having problems with here. <clears throat> um, so we got to we got to get it we've got to get it out. We've got to have the chance to uh, prove ourselves. We need the ability to to get some practices involved. We need to experiment, um, and we need to uh, compare. I firmly believe, in the hearts of all hearts, that we can um, a, a lean practice will outproduce and outpace a traditionally managed practice. Uh, there's just no no. I have no doubts about that at all. But the problem is getting getting uh, these organizations and these conventions and uh, publishers and stuff like that to, to, to give you a second chance. So started Lean Vets <clears throat> a couple of years ago. Um, since then, um, I've done, I don't know, 50, 52 or something um, different posts. Um, Mostly my blog is about teaching. It's about educating. It's about teaching what lean is. Um, I'm not, I don't have a lot of information and, and articles to go to that, you know, that say that this lean veterinary practice didn't work and, and I can make, you know, some comments and, and critique um, what, what veterinary medicine or what lean is doing in other practices because there aren't any. So the first, my first thought was I just want my, my practitioners, my, my colleagues, to, to understand what lean is and, and at least give it a chance, think about it. Maybe um, there is something here. I believe there is. Um, but getting them to, to, to give us a chance has, has been very difficult. So these are the, some of the things. Um, some of the, the posts that have been, that I've had pre re recently are um, Andon cords and environmentalism. Um, I used Andon cord as, as a um, symbolism for, for allowing the staff the opportunity to um, be smart enough to, to, to stop something going on, that the environment has to be a, a safe environment for staff to speak up. Um, and uh, to make mistakes and, and, and not be criticized themselves uh, to that lean looks at system problems uh, a whole lot more and before we ever look at uh, a, a particular individual problem. Um, uh, error proofing, uh, trying to get that idea across. We did a, 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 a post about uh, uh, um, uh, chart uh, processing and, and um, um, uh, oh, the term is leaving me right now, Mark Will. SPC, CHIP, Statistical Process Control. Yeah, yes. I'm sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, that for me was, was incredibly, I've not seen anything like this in, in veterinary medicine yet. Uh, it's something that I could have definitely used uh, back when I started out. Uh, freaking out of, of every dip and rise in, in the, the stats that we, we keep. Um, this put it into so much more perspective um, than I had ever known. So I was very happy to share that with, uh, with veterinarians. And this is a blog that just kind of um, explained to them about uh, 
veterinary medicine being very similar. Um, and I think that, that there is a place for them to, to uh, that the both lean and veterinarians and need to, can fit together very well. Um, this I just got this morning. Um, uh, last year at this time, we had uh, an all-time history of, of about 10,000 um, page views. Uh, just this morning, we had 22,000. So somebody's looking. Um, just going to go through quickly some of the, the, the types of things that I, I think are valuable in, in small animal practices, which are some things that I've done. This is just a, a very crude uh, value stream map um, trying to, um, to look at um, uh, bringing an animal in in the morning for a comprehensive exam, tests, annual tests, annual vaccinations, and getting that flow down. Um, this is a, a little experiment that I tried. I um, always wondered why, why uh, groomers could uh, clip toenails, bathe, uh, clip a dog, uh, and, um, and only need one person, yet it always seemed that it took two veterinary technicians to, to work on any one, one animal. So I went and got a, a grooming table, and we hooked them up and found out that, yeah, you can do it one, with one person. So that helped uh, flow quite a bit. So at the, from this time on, my techs were, were working uh, by themselves. Um, inventory, Kanban. Uh, is, a, is a problem where I think there's a, a, a lean has a big solution to. This is a, one that I set up in a practice I'm at right now. Uh, they were constantly running out or, or whatever. They just didn't have a system at all. And so we put this in and it's worked out very, very well. Uh, I don't think any of the drugs that we have in this particular shelving unit uh, have been um, uh, back, I mean, uh, have been have run out. Um, so it's worked well. This is just a, 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 an example of a, a 5S or an organization of a, of a workspace so that everything is, is where you need it. Um, uh, you know, everything you need is there and, and um, in the right place and, and stuff like that. Um, visual management is a big thing, uh, I think uh, has, uh, can be uh, introduced. We do do some of it, um, uh, but I think uh, visual management uh, 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 could be improved in veterinary hospitals, uh, small animal, you know, private practices. This is just a, a treatment uh, board that shows uh, what animals are in the hospital, uh, what doctors are, are uh, in charge, uh, what uh, treatments they have, uh, what orders, what, what treatment orders have been uh, posted, and, and what has been accomplished. So anybody can can walk by there and theoretically. Uh, know exactly the, the condition of, of all the hospitalized animals. Uh, Kanban, we use, um, this is a, a file that, that tells us, number one, uh, we've got a client in that room um, and that uh, that client wishes to see a particular doctor. <clears throat> I'm writing a new book um, to try and introduce uh, veterinary medicine to, to lean. And, um, I put this in just to, because um, I decided I'm, I'm going to, lean is, is based on the scientific method. Veterinary medicine is designed on the scientific method. We all know, as veterinarians, we know how to, we know what our, our ideal um, looks like, a healthy pet. We know how to recognize uh, disease. Um, we think in terms of systems already uh, with endocrine systems and, uh, and cardiac systems and, and this, every, every system playing a role in, in, in affecting everything else. Um, we know how to diagnose um, uh, disease. We know how to um, come up with therapy. But I don't think we've ever thought about that process for a sick practice. And so my hope is that, that I can um, um, introduce lean and, and make it a little bit more relevant by going in this, uh, this particular fashion. So this is the, the, the um, um, table of contents. This is, um, I had way too much time on my hand one, one day. And um, so I decided that what we needed was uh, value stream icons for veterinary medicine. So this is uh, my attempt at uh, providing that uh, incredibly important service to my profession. The future state what I'm hoping for is that we can start having some workshops around the country. 
maybe getting some corporate uh, sponsorship, not necessarily from corporate veterinary practice, but from um, the, the drug manufacturers and, and the drug distributors and that sort. Um, uh, enough private practices uh, to, to embrace the lean mi a mindset um, and sustaining the culture. But we need to get um, enough data to compare lean practices to traditionally managed practice so we can we can make a, a, a legitimate uh, decision as, as to whether lean can help or not. I would like to see lean lexicon as part of, at some point being a part of the, the overall veterinary management lexicon. And um, a lean, an annual lean veterinary summit uh, where veterinarians that are using lean can come together just like they do uh, in the, the lean healthcare um, spectrum and uh, get together and talk amongst ourselves and um, uh, learn as a as a organization, as a profession. Um, and then um, lastly is a, a community of uh, lean practitioners. Um, I, I think there's a lot of competition. We, we won't admit it to, to, to the outside, but there's a lot of competition between veterinarians. Um, and uh, so we don't, we don't talk a lot about management. We, we keep all those things secret. If we've got a, a special way of doing something, we don't want to talk about it. So I'm hoping that Lean will, will, will create that, uh, that sharing uh, uh, environment. And that's it. Thanks, Trip. What's uh, what's the image here as we're waiting for more questions to come in? Um, this is some of my artwork. This is a, a picture I did, uh, I don't know, a bunch of years ago. So it's just a, a cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's, it's beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. And um, if you can go ahead and advance it, Chip, we'll, I'll do a few announcements. Um, and then more, and then we'll have Q&A. So go ahead, please. So we have uh, webinars coming up in the next couple of months. The next two, the first is May 24th. Um, Jeff Roussel is going to continue our Kinexus demo series. This is the, the third in that series, uh, a short demo of strategy deployment software. You can find the first two of those in our webinar library, which you can find at kinexus.com slash webinars. That's also the page where you can register uh, for that next one. You can find webinars on our YouTube channel as well if you search for Kinexus. On May 31st, I'll be hosting another presentation-style webinar. Um, title TBD, registration is probably going to open tomorrow. It'll be a deeper dive on strategy deployment or Hoshin Conry. Um, Craig Veracruz and Joanna Omi from Rona Consulting Group will be following up uh, the first webinar that they did last year that was very popular, very uh, insightful. So we hope you um, will check out these future webinars. Okay, next, please. Other resources, including our blog at blog.kinexus.com, the webinar library. Uh, next, please. And our podcasts, which include audio from these webinars and uh, other content at kinexus.com slash podcasts. Next, please. And here is Q&A info. So let's see, a question uh, from Ostop. Um, for a practice that's very new to lean, what practical first steps would you recommend? <clears throat> well, we, um, that's something I've, I've thought about quite a bit. Um, a lot of people feel like uh, going in and teaching um, a, a, a practice about uh, 5S, uh, that that's a simple thing. It gets them thinking about lean. It shows them um, about uh, waste and uh, introduces flow and stuff like that. And I don't have any problem with that. I think if I were going to, uh, if when I introduce it to, to practices, I, I would rather go from a, um, uh, uh, a Kaizen perspective. I want them to set up a, um, a Kaizen board. I want the, 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 the staff to understand what, what we're, we're asking, that, that we want them to be involved, that we consider them the greatest asset the practice has, um, and that they're the only practice that has the potential of appreciating 
through training and, and, and learning and stuff like that. And so we, we value their input and uh, the, the Kaizen board is just a much better way than, uh, I mean, we do a whole lecture, Mark can on suggestion boxes and, and Kaizen boards, but I would start there. And I would start with, with small little Kaizens just to get them to understand uh, PDS thinking, A3 thinking, um, doing a, a, an A3 report, a small uh, Kaizen project, something like that. Nothing too, uh, nothing involved, too complicated or anything like that. Just get that idea going. Just get that culture started. And then as the problems get brought up, then again, work from need. And if a particular problem needs to, to do value stream, then we'll introduce value stream. If, uh, if it needs uh, standardized work, then we'll introduce standardized work. Um, and to then use the tools um, as needed and yeah. uh, go from that direction. Okay. Um, another question. There's one slide where you said vets get quote unquote leaner in bad economic times, but they're probably talking about getting smaller and cutting. So how do you battle the difference in definitions of the word leaner? Well, what I, I, I the, the slide wasn't a, uh, saying that the lean, the veterinary practices get leaner. <clears throat> what I was, well, what I was saying is if you are a lean practice, using that downtime or those, those, those bad economic times to work internally and to build up your structure, to improve your value streams, to, to cross train, to uh, utilize your staff more, to, to get more Kaizen projects uh, underway and, and finished, um, that that's what a lean, a, a lean practice would do. They use that time to get, right. quote unquote, leaner. Right, but I, you know, I think like I see in human healthcare, that that would get confused where they say, "Oh, get leaner." Okay, we need to send people home because the the default is you know cut, 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 and what you're presenting is is an alternative to that, right? Well, yes, I mean, you have, you know, there's I guess given in that is that there is a uh, this this understanding that lean is not about uh, uh, firing people or doing massive reorganizations and layoffs and stuff like that. So within, within that principle of lean, um, this is what you do when you've got staff that maybe are not um, fully engaged in, in, in the business. There's still things that they can do um, that will ultimately pay dividends in the end. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, there's a question from Janine. Thank you for the information. As you, as you mentioned, I think having time is a serious problem in veterinary practice. Do you have any ideas about how to incorporate and sustain lean next to the normal veterinary test? Well, I guess you just addressed that of using downtime, slow times. Um, any, any other thoughts you'd add though? Well, it's gonna have to be a priority. Um, you know, uh, left to its own device, time will be filled somehow or another. Um, and so for, for lean culture to start, there, there's, there's got to be um, that mindset in, in the leadership that, that this is uh, something that has real potential and that, that you make time for it. And I guess, <clears throat> you know, uh, a basic uh, understanding, going to a webinar, having a consultant come in and, and spending a little time um, introducing the concepts and stuff like that, but then going through, like I said, uh, setting up a, a, a Kaizen board and uh, getting them involved uh, and showing them that you trust them uh, and that they are part of the practice, not not just the grunt work, but um, the the thinking part and, and, the, and the management part and, and that they are valuable. Um, so it's just like anything else. It, it's either a priority or it's not a priority. Um, uh, that answers the yeah the question, but. Okay. Well, we are uh, out of time, unfortunately, but I want to thank everybody for attending. I want to thank Chip for doing the presentation today. His email address is there as well as uh, you see the link to leanvets.com. Hope you'll come check that out and uh, participate in uh, that growing community. Carlos uh, posted a comment here, Chip, saying, count me in for the community of practitioners 
So hopefully you two can connect um, yes. others. So there you go. Um, so uh, on behalf of the entire team at Kinexus, thank you for attending the webinar. And as some of my colleagues um, tend to say at the end of these webinars, don't stop improving. Thanks.